Clay, we learned a shocking piece of information about Star Trek, maybe Enterprise, maybe Enterprise specific in this one. In this episode, that requires you to suspend a lot of disbelief. I had a lot of trouble suspending my disbelief for the fact that apparently shuttlecraft of this era don't have toilets on them, and you're Mm -hmm. forced to piss in a bottle when you go on a journey in a shuttlecraft, at least according to Trip Sim Tucker the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth in this episode. Surprising you? It really is that the most is that the most unbelievable thing that's ever happened in Star Trek that these things don't have toilets in them? Yeah, it really puts a new spin on the shuttlecraft one episode. Yeah, when, they're just uh, pissing they on each other there for like three days, <laughs> which he references in that scene in a, a heartfelt, touching way. Yeah, I mm-hmm. just I don't see how humanity builds anything that you can be in longer than thirty minutes and not have a toilet capacity to it. Um, it's strange. I guess I mean it's like having a. It's basically like having a school bus. Yeah, because I always thought. I mean. Not that you ever imagine having a, a bathroom on a school bus. That would just be a fucking nightmare. It would, no, it would be. There'd be a lot of assaults, defecation, and, and horrible stuff going on. In a many school. times, many times, I wish there had been one. But honestly, realistically, I don't because you know the train. You, well, you, you barely want to pee in front yeah. of person uh, in public <laughs> in general. You don't want to do it as a school child on a on, on a, a bus. moving target. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, imagine like. Not only would it be difficult to do, but like you, you know that you would go in there, and then everybody would be like, whoever goes in the bathroom, everybody just gets really quiet. And yeah. And when you come out, they all like point at you or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the trains. When I used to take the train before COVID into Boston, uh, they have a toilet, and but it's just you know people are surrounding it in seats. Like you, you just you go in right. and come out, yeah. and it's just like everyone knows that this is the guy. This guy shit up the toilet right now, and let's all stare at him as he gets out of here. You know. I I went to school in New York, so I I took the bus a lot coming home. Um, The one thing that I it took me a very long time to realize, and I understand this is probably just for safety reasons to cover their own asses. Uh, Well, and also, I guess, for maybe cleanliness purposes. But, like, there's a thing in there that says, do not pee while standing up. Mm -hmm. And 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 I was like, no fucking way. I I I'm going. I it's like trying to hit a moving target, yep. but I'm going to do it because I'm not, I'm not sitting. sitting down on that thing for many reasons. <laughs> number because number other people one have definitely been standing up is the the key takeaway here. Yeah, right, right, and also it's just like those things are so small, and I'm a you know big dude, mm-hmm. so the bathrooms are small enough as they are. So it's like you just got to brace and kind of spray and pray, as they say. <laughs> I just think of that. Uh, the Chappelle sketch, like the keeping it real world or whatever. He's like, you my bitch. You sit down when you pee. It's, just, that's, <laughs> it's the only thing I can think of in that situation. Um, Similitude is the next Star Trek episode. We're going to play a clip from it. We'll come back and we'll break it down. The larvae has another somewhat uh, more controversial property. When implanted with DNA from another species, it exactly replicates that species life cycle, albeit at a rapidly accelerated rate. It becomes a clone. Essentially, but one that is born, grows old, and dies in approximately 15 days. The Lysarians call them mimetic symbionts. They're a closely guarded secret. Very few people know of their existence. Similitude is the 10th episode of the third season of Star Trek Enterprise. It came out on November 19th, 2003. What is it? 11 out of 28 of the Zindi Crisis had a brain fart. They're written by Manny Cotto. First episode written by Manny Cotto, the future showrunner in season four. 
directed by LeVar Burton in Universe State, is specifically not known. It's 2153. In this episode, during an engine performance test, Trip Tucker is critically injured and left comatose in sickbay. Flock suggests that Tucker's only hope for survival is the creation of a mimetic symbiont, in other words, a clone. The crew and Trip's clone have to face the unforeseen emotional ramifications of his creation. Um, (laughs) It's a funny, it's a totally accurate blur, but it's kind of a funny, um, it's a long one, and it's kind of funny. Similitude. Um, I don't know where to start with this one. I guess I'll let you start with it, but um, we'll say this for similitude. This is the most Star Trekky concept of an Enterprise mm. episode that I've seen to this point. There have been yeah. other ones that have felt Star Trekky, like Dear Doctor and Cogenitor. I think feel kind of Star Trekky. Um, even Twilight feels a little bit. The Twilight wasn't very good, and it also feels like they do that in a lot of other shows. This was the most interesting concept of an episode that I've seen mm-hmm. so far in Star Trek Enterprise. Uh, we'll get into it. You can go off of that if you want to, or you can go wherever you want. Well, I'd first like to mention that even though Mandy did a great job in the script, I had some notes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I kind of used all my notes up in the first five minutes of the show. Um, Have you? <laughs> I know they can't be 69ing, but can they at least be laying in a 69 position? While LeVar, 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 picture this. We start on the feet, and then we do a circular camera move, but the fulcrum, the pivot point, is her butt, because she got a great ass. He's <laughs> criticizing the dailies. He's like, this, their, 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 their rotation in the 69 is completely, completely fucked up. And then what if she just, like, puts it on his face? <laughs> but not... In a way that, you know, I was telling you, censors won't bitch at us, but we, she, she just puts it on his face. Clean it up, Mandy. Mandy, have you seen Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> What's he up to these days? Similitude means likeness. I had to look it up. Mm-hmm. It means a likeness <clears throat> or a uh, similarity, I guess. It's another word for a similarity, but a similitude. Um, um, what do you think? Well, yeah, I, uh, you know, I agree this is the most Star Trekky concept, and... That's probably, you know, you know how I feel about that stuff. So it probably might not surprise you to hear that this is my favorite episode of the season so far. Sure. Um, I don't find honestly, that surprising. I have honestly might be my honestly might be one of my favorites of the whole series, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, so why is that? I guess I guess we'll start there. I. <clears throat> I like. I had to watch this episode twice. I watched it last night, mm-hmm. and I haven't been doing that with a lot of recent Enterprise episodes because I think I get it on the, the first time. This one, I was not sure what I thought about it, and I think it's definitely. I think in a lot of ways, it's the best Star Trek Enterprise episode that I've seen yeah. so far. I think it's I also yeah. critically flawed in some ways, mm-hmm. or it's like. Um. It either makes choices or has production aspects to it that knock it down quite a bit from being like an all-time classic Trek episode, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think this is a very good episode, and it's potentially one of my favorites of the series, if not my – or one of the best of the series, if not the best. Mm-hmm. Um, it also left me incredibly frustrated that I feel that you've hit Enterprise's ceiling, and it's like I, I don't think the show can go above into a great right. stratosphere, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel like it just puts such some really really interesting elements on the table. This to me, kind of writes all the wrongs that Twilight had that I had with Twilight. 
where you've got this this interesting sort of like um let's for, for lack of a better term let's call this an alternate timeline story to a certain extent because you're dealing with like a different version of trip yep and what 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 they do here is all of the things that we were wishing they would do in twilight where it's like well what is the purpose of this it's the purpose is to learn things about trip as a character but also learn things about the other characters through their interactions with this trip where even though things are going to go back to the way they were they're never really going to go back to the way they were something has changed we've learned something by all of this happening yeah um i think the idea is super interesting uh this idea that not only are they creating a clone but they're creating a clone that is generating the life memories of trip basically which, it's not even a clone he is trip on some right, level yeah right it's just like a, a photocopy yeah. basically yeah. really it's a like a polaroid picture where you gotta yeah you gotta shake it out for but once it once it develops it's the whole deal <laughs> um you know that's that's yeah. an interesting element to add to the cloning thing that they don't usually like it's not this is like kind of like a tom Riker situation sort of yeah yeah. Um, but it doesn't have that split point that Tom Riker had. It, this is just like this. It's more of it's a landfill situation, really. Yeah. He is um, where the, the I guess the thing you're saying is that Riker, because of the separation, had time to develop into a different version of right. Riker. And this right. is literally just trip again yeah. in, in in 15 days. A Chia Pet yeah. version of trip. It also, I mean, it also landed for me because there's a, a a comic story i've been working on in the back of my head for a while that kind of does something sort of similar to this so it's nice to see that someone realized a similar concept and it worked yep um but it's uh yeah it, it adds a lot of really interesting things to uh to chew on but i do think there are some elements that get kind of short shrift like archer getting up in his face and basically saying i don't give a shit about you i'm gonna save trip to accomplish this mission yeah that's a big deal. Like they don't ever really reconcile any of that. Um, like I think that's th- there's probably more you could do uh, with this idea. Um, so it's a it's a bit of a bummer that it's over so quickly. But as a concept, and for most of the execution of it, I think it's it's really good. Yeah, I the things that I things that I like about it are, I think the concept itself is clever and interesting and appropriate for enterprise where it is in this season like it's kind of a um it's a it's a storyline that has a lot of characters where they are at this zindi arc point in the season where they kind of have to think about things like this and like the greater Mm -hmm. good and what's willing to be a sacrifice for the greater good um and i think that the concept of this growing a clone to basically harvest its organs to save the original version of it is kind of a neat... I don't think that's ever happened in Star Trek before. Not that I, yeah. Maybe it's happened yeah. in Voyage or something, but I can't remember an episode we've seen that that's happened. So it feels original and novel in that sense. Um, I think it's really strong, and I think it's one of the few... Star Trek Enterprise episodes where I actually feel something for the people involved. I don't sure, I don't think yeah. it works a hundred percent effectively. There are some moments that I wish didn't happen, but mostly right before the final minute of the episode or um Sim goes into the thing and he's like, 
Flox, I just want to tell you, you're a great dad. And Flox goes, you're a hell of a son. <laughs> it's like, I wish, I wish that line was not in this episode. I, I thought that was terrible. But in most of the parts, I think they do okay with the emotionality of it. I think I like mm-hmm. Archer in this episode. I like Trip as Sim. I have problems with T'Pol that are not going to be original com- complaints that I have about T'Pol. Mm-hmm. But I think the main thing I have with this, besides the... Uh, the very production-heavy sense of, I think this is too much episode for one episode of the show, and it feels mm-hmm. like this would have benefited greatly from being a two-parter. Um, my main technical problem with it is that I really found it obnoxious how they stack the conflict onto each other as they're going mm-hmm. through this. So I had to write it down. So Trip gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Then you do this cloning thing. Then they learn that there are genetic memories. So this wasn't expected, but now this trip is basically real trip. So you're, you've mm-hmm. complicated things there. Then they reveal that Flox is lying and the procedure will kill him, you know, right. which is another yeah. thing that they stack on. <clears throat> and then they reveal after that that there's potentially this enzyme that Flox didn't tell anybody about that could potentially save him from dying. And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of the, the punch of this episode is removed from that artificial stacking of conflict that they're trying to do. They're trying to keep the plot moving forward and stuff like that, mm. but I feel this episode suffers a lot. It doesn't have time to hang with what the central problem is, like the right. central concept and where Archer right. stands and what the sacrifice here that everyone is getting upset about or how mm-hmm. T'Pol is supposed to react to this and how what this means for everything. Because they keep escalating stuff, it kicks the can down the road and it never really grabs hold of what the central point is here. I don't think mm-hmm. very satisfying for me anyway. I I actually like the last bit about the the enzyme that could extend his life because <clears throat> I think that's a nice and interesting wrinkle that they throw in there to make the choice on everybody's part more difficult. Because if that's not in there, then what does Sim really have to lose? You know, yeah. the, Archer kind of gives him the gives him the the speech at one point where he's like, "What are you going to just?" float out there and die well, he in four kind of, days they have a they have a time crunch because if he doesn't do it before he dies of natural causes his brain will be too old to go into trip so they do say you have to do this you have to do the surgery right now you know yeah but but like it, there's no upside for him in it, unless there's a possibility he lives you know if he doesn't do it then trip dies and if he does do it, if if he doesn't do it, he dies. And if he does do it, he dies. There's right. no upside. Yep. There's no like him making a decision just makes him look like an asshole if he chooses not to do it. And yep. he does. There's no purpose to anything. So having him have a possible backdoor out of it makes the decision that much harder for everybody. I think because I mean, you could make the argument that it's like, well, I mean, this trip is brand new the other trip is dying in a coma what if we just use this one from now on it's the same person he's got all the same you know there's that kind of stuff is now in play yeah um without that without that little element i don't think that that stuff comes into play i think one of the biggest problems though is and that uh all of this is done because essentially enterprise gets a flat tire yeah, they get you stu- know, they get like, stuck in that they get stuck in that nebula or whatever it is. That's yeah. It's like yeah. it's like if it's like if we were driving in a car in the snow and like the car skidded off the road into a into a ditch, and you know I whacked my head and got into a and 
got knocked into a coma and it was like we need to get we need to grow a clone kill the clone do this crazy surgery so we have an extra pair of hands to push the car up out of the out of the hole mm-hmm. and it's like uh, you know if you're if you're going to the mat for killing this clone this new sentient being just to kind of get the car out of the hole like that's not super interesting i wish there was something a little bit more i well i think there to, is to have well i was just gonna say to have archer have that intensive a reaction i wish there was something a little bit more zindi based like yeah. they were like just about to get to a certain point that they needed or something yeah we're just something I, I where thinking... it's like it's ah it's right there and they need trip they need to get out of this situation but it's just like it's just a, a, a the next impediment of the expanse, which, well, while fine, whatever. It's just it could be punched up a little bit. Yeah, I, I think there's there's maybe multiple ways to look at this. So, my interpretation is not that they need trip to get out of this uh, nebula that they're in, but Archer believes that Archer believes that he needs his chief engineer in order to continue this mission. Basically, sure. what he's basically saying is that there's no one here who can do the job that Trip was doing, which is probably troubling in the sense that you you'd think Archer would have multiple engineers on this mission right. who were able yeah. to do this. So it's a lot. It's somewhere, a lot. somewhere the second in command is like, what the fuck, <laughs> Cap. <laughs> so you think I've been understudying this guy for the last three years? So you don't just to have no faith put in me when it's my turn at bat. <laughs> I've been carrying this room, buddy. Faith is in the theme song, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. It puts a lot of importance on Trip in rescuing him, which mm-hmm. I think is which is maybe fine. Um, I was thinking uh, a similar thought to what you were saying is as, after I watched it, I kind of wanted to revise it to this thing that Trip is talking about at the start while they're doing their Massage 69 session is he's <laughs> done something to the engines that... Mm-hmm are going to allow them to search the nebula more quick. I think they had to focus on that, make it like Trip is right on the precipice of discovering something very sure. important, and he gets yeah. hit in that explosion. And then Arch is like, did he tell anybody what he was working on? And they go, no. And he's like, well, we need Trip to come back to tell us what's going on. And then yeah. you can even feed that into Sim. If Sim gets the memories, you can almost say like through his growth, he's not going to learn about what this was until that point or something like that. But... I think that they didn't have enough. I think Archer's rationale for needing Trip to be back is a little bit wishy-washy in the sense yeah. of it only really works because he's the main cast member of the show that you need to bring mm-hmm. back. And if this was if this was reality, I would feel that Archer is more forgiving of losing Trip in this situation. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, especially the way that he's reacting. I think you need you need to <clears throat> you need something a little bit more beefy to back up that scene where he tells sim that he's worthless basically (laughs) i will Um, cut you open take your heart out, and give it to him yeah that's pretty intense man well Um, let's let's talk about archer sure do you like archer what like that's that scene is just like wild because he comes into that yeah, yeah he comes into that room like like he's got he's like kind of hunched over He's got like a five o'clock shadow and he's kind of like looking over the top of his eyes at Trip getting ready to be like, we need, we need you to die. <laughs> and it's like, licking his it's, lips. it's just a, yeah, it's just a weird choice, especially because they haven't really been checking in with him much through the episode Yeah, to like see how he's getting to this point. It's just sort of like, all right, in this scene, you're drunk. 
Yep. And you're going to tell your friend how much you don't need him anymore. So, it, it, yeah, it, it's I'm on the fence with him in this one. I, I like what they're doing. I don't know if it's all entirely earned. I think my, my problem with Archer to this point is that his arc has not been done well. Yeah. He, yeah, he basically alternates each episode, whether or not he's angry Archer who's willing to risk it all, or just normal Archer who's out there in the expanse doing stuff. Like mm-hmm. in Anomaly, uh, the ship, the Anomaly, the one where he tortures the guy in the airlock, the shipment where he finds the Zindi on the planet and yells at them for a while. And then this one, he's angry Archer who's angry the entire time. And this one, I thought they did a really effective job of making it look like this mission is actually wearing on Archer. As you say, he doesn't shave anymore. He looks tired all the time. Mm-hmm. And you're starting to get a sense. But we just talked about North Star. Where he's like, let's check out this planet. What's going on? Yeah. What's going on in this planet? Yeah. This is this is a lot of fun. And I don't feel that there's any consistency to his anger development over the course of the season. Yeah. Like I don't feel yeah. that they are uh, consistently building him to this place. I like his reaction in this. I feel that Archer should at some point of this arc have this breaking point episode. We had, he had one in Anomaly. I feel like Anomaly in this should be coming around the same time where he's starting to realize, like, I need to, I need to do some drastic things to make this actually happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the inconsistency of it, and I still don't 100% buy Bacula as the guy who's yelling at Trip in this. Like, it's still, yeah. it's still that old problem. Yeah, it's... Like I was saying about the way he plays that scene, it feels like... It feels like a scene out of uh, <clears throat> the broad, off-Broadway production of Death of a Salesman or something. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, he's 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 getting a little theatery with with it. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't I don't know if I fully buy it. Really, I also don't um, like the line. I think I think it's a bad when when Trip says, "What are you going to do? Kill me?" I think it's bad writing to have the other character go, "I will kill you." <laughs> they should probably have a more subtle thing of like, "Don't you don't want to find out." what I'm capable of or something like that. I don't, I don't like the repetition of the exact same thing being said back to him, especially, um, especially, (laughs) what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Kill me? Yep. (laughs) Absolutely. I, I think, and if you're designing Archer, I think Archer still has to have this like veil of Starfleet around him at this point where he can't say, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to cut your head off and do whatever I want to it. He's, I'm not going to kill you. I'm, not, I'm just gonna bash your brains in. <laughs> he needs I'm gonna to be bash him right the fuck in. A little bit more reserved. That's my that's my problem with it. And who and the other the other situation that I'm I like both angles or I like all the angles that they do with this. Who's the main relationship with Trip in this episode? Who's who's the other person? Because I don't even think Trink, Trip is really a character. I'm I'm not sure Sim is really a character in this. Is this a Paul episode or an Archer episode? If you bar those other characters out of it, um, or we can choose which plot you want to talk. We kind of talked about Archer already. We can go into Tapal and yeah. then move into it, but yeah, we may as well. I, I I don't know if I would say Sim isn't a kid because he's kind of like the 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 binding to everything that's going on. Because I don't know if I'd call it a Tapal episode, but I, you, you, I guess you'd say episode, but. you'd say that like Sim's decision about whether or not his sacrifice is worth it for the greater good is the main storyline of it you know what i mean because to be a sim episode that would have to be the main theme i think is this character learning that his sacrifice is meaningful i find the meaningfulness in everything else that's tertiary to that whether it's archer deciding or to paul talking to him about her feelings so we can talk about to paul quickly 
Yeah, sure. Outside of the performance, which I hate because she's misty-eyed this entire episode. Um, she's been hanging around humans, man. I, Clearly, she's got the hots for Trip. She didn't even she wanted to admit it to herself, but, you know. I would, I would buy this, except for the fact that we just got through Twilight, and I know Kyle yelled at me on the Discord for this, being an old man and being like, are they married in this episode or what's going on? But my thing is... I didn't see a ring on that <laughs> finger. What are they doing living together? Does... Didn't am I just tell me if I'm wrong? Didn't Twilight imply that there was potential chemistry between Archer and Tapal? Well, yeah, if they've been living together for twelve years. So I'm just, <laughs> so I'm just miss. So that's not something that's only in the what if timeline of Twilight that that relationship would develop because my guess, my yeah. whole understanding of whether or not Tapal and Trip means something here is that that has been building through their. Vulcan massage sessions effectively. Right. Would you agree? Right. That, would you say that it has been effective to this point? Uh, I don't. Well, that's, I think that's a problem that we've kind of talked about previously is if that's what they're going for, they're not doing a great job with it because it is, that's I don't my, know. That's my tough. twilight point. It feels like they pit stopped yeah. with Archer could have sex with her too, if you wanted to. And then now it's back to trip. <laughs> yeah. I, I think unfortunately, it's difficult because I mean, like, I think I don't think you need to have. I don't know. It, can I believe that these massage sessions have been more or less platonic, but they are they are in fact generating feelings for each other? They're just not showing it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yep. Um, I think you need a scene where that's revealed to be the case. I haven't seen. I well, don't is, remember isn't, that. Isn't that what this episode is though kind of because that's the the scene the scene where sim talks to to paul and he's like you know all i do is think about you but i don't know if these feelings are mine or trips isn't that effectively the, that scene well i but i think his point is val his point is valid enough where i'm not sure i don't i don't know mm-hmm. whose feelings sure. these are supposed to be so and i well i think i i don't think this is the T'Pol is reacting as if it's Trip because if it was just Sim, she's like, I just fucking met you. I don't know who you are and you're going to be dead in a couple of days. So I don't have any feelings for you whatsoever. You well, know? yeah, yeah, I don't know. Because I, I, I don't think that this has to be like all of a sudden the door is open and this this isn't doesn't have to be the scene where the next episode T'Pol runs to the airport to stop him from flying, getting on that plane and flying out of her life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think this works as the first step in that direction because it, I don't think it needs to be clear whether or not it's trip or whether or not it's sim. I think the point of that is that there is something there in some form. And clearly the fact that she decides to make out with him before he dies implies that at the very least she is recognizing that as a possibility or something. So I, I don't think it needs to be clear at this point, one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I think this is just like, this is the first step they're taking where it's like, well, something might be going on. Yeah, I think I do need it to be clear. I need there to be a scene in a previous episode or something where Trip is uh, reticent or nervous or is concerned that his feelings for T'Pol might be somehow inappropriate at this point. You know, like on this mission with a superior officer this is not the time. Like he's actually getting concerned about what the crew is thinking and stuff like that, mm-hmm. because when it gets to this point, the problem that Sim does is that Sim exposes that that he's trying to keep 
bottled up because he's uh, he's um, concerned about the ramifications of it coming out. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. a little bit more of like the letting the cat out of the bag is a little bit more of a important marker in this. If if this is a serial relationship building storyline, I feel that that's a more that's a more like unfortunate for a better lack of a better word way for Trip's hand to be exposed. And if it's just the fact that it's more playing on what this episode is doing, where it wants to play around with this idea of whose feelings are these? Are these either Sims or are they trips? I think that it knocks it down quite a bit because I need to, I need to know what's going on there, I guess. Like I need to know yeah. that because if, it, if it's Sim, I think it's actually kind of silly. So I'm inclined to believe, and I think DePaul is inclined to believe that it's trips feelings that are coming mm-hmm. through. And I just think it does. It's not. It's not serviced enough. It's my. It's the problem with the episode. Just doesn't have enough runtime because I like that storyline, but I also like the Archer storyline on top of it. But they don't have time to do both of them. Unfortunately, mm. I don't think. Yeah, I. I don't. I don't mind it. I think this. This works for me as as the uh, jumping off point for this kind of thing because I like not knowing. Mm-hmm. I like. I think not knowing is is part of what makes it interesting because there is. I think it would be interesting to see whether or not <clears throat> T'Pol and Trip have a conversation. Right. Uh, I mean, like, if if you were going to extend this episode out, there's probably, although, I mean, you could do it next episode, who knows. There's there's definitely room for some sort of conversation where one or both of them either go, yeah, things are getting kind of, you know, uh, complicated, or for both of them to deny it or one of them to deny it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, however you want to play that but as far as a, as far as a let's move this thing forward and kind of kick this off i i don't mind i think i think the i think the not knowing makes it interesting for me i don't think you need to have a definite one way or the other yeah i guess to, before we move on my final my final point of it would be if if they are doing it as a exposing trips real feelings i think it's another mismanaged serial storyline that the the show has not done great to this point so it's kind of similar to archer's development as a character like over the course of this season i think they could have done a better job of explaining archer's arc where his anger Mm -hmm. grows and then becomes a breaking point and then he has to sort of reconcile or have redemption towards the end of it and the same with this relationship arc to my in my eyes all they've done to this point is show us that they do these massage sessions occasionally right and that Trip right. was uncomfortable at first with it, but now they talk to each other as if they're just chums, you know? Like, now, now mm-hmm. they're just kind of like, the massage is so comfortable to them that they are talking about work mm-hmm. while they're doing it, you know? And mm-hmm. maybe that's a kind of subtlety that I'm not appreciating, but I just think that I would have preferred knowing where this was coming from, I guess, because to me, to go back to the Archer to Paul question... In a Star Trek sense, I think Archer's decision to create this clone and harvest it is a more interesting sci-fi concept than this relationship development that's going on, especially because I don't think they built the relationship enough. So I wish they had gone with the Archer thing over most of it, but um, both angles of attack, I think, work. Yeah, I think there's room for all of it. And that's, that's that's kind of why I think it's more of... I would call it a Sim episode more than I would call it a T'Pol or Archer episode because he's 
the focal point of everything. So he's informing everything else that's going on. So there's room. His existence is causing all of these other stories to happen. Um, I like, yeah, I think some of them get short shrift, unfortunately, but I think there's room for all of that stuff. Like even the flock stuff. I enjoy the flock stuff. Flocks. Yeah. I, I would have liked more, more from flocks about being a conflicted dad, you know? Yeah. Now, <laughs> where did, why do they have, baby stuff on enterprise can the the replicator make that i thought the replicator could like barely do anything at this point where did they make a baby bottle i guess they, they yeah they had a baby. bottle and baby clothes yeah. and like a little baby hat <laughs> i they didn't I, even cut to mayweather like knitting a hat or something i'm still not sure if they have replicators i actually don't know would so I, I take this to mean that you didn't um a big problem that a lot of people have with episode this episode is that the flux is magical larva thing that he, that he has mm-hmm. that he uses i um yeah whatever i don't really care <laughs> and i sort of like i like flox's sick bay design i like this fact that he has all these animals that he can do stuff with it does yeah. get a little bit magic boxy after a while where he's like i have a bug mm-hmm. that can fix that and he does something with it but i think it really defines him as a um a unique doctor that he has these very prototypical solutions to things. And he's, he's got these animals that he can fiddle around with and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I think it's, it, it makes more sense than like a, some sort of clone orb or something, yeah. you know, that's something yeah. that's just completely out of left field. I think him having something weird in his menagerie that could do this. Sure. Why not? Or that he just as, does it as a med- you know, <laughs> if he does it as just a normal medical procedure, it makes you wonder why don't they do this all the, all the time? Really? I like right. that. It's kind of yeah. a magical bug that no one else is allowed to talk about that does. Yeah. That. It's not like uh, in the new, the, the current version of the X-Men that's going on. They all live on this mutant Island that has this, capability to it has all of the genetic code of every mutant built into it so yep. when the mutant dies they can just grow a new one yep yep that it's has all out. the same memories and everything it's a good out they, they copied yeah. similitude um what's the main point of this episode would you say what is what is this episode about it's the main thrust uh what is the episode about is it about memories define you as a person is it about sacrifice for the greater good? Is it about the need to push buttons and do questionable moral things if your back is to the wall? Um, Are they all feeding into each other in a somewhat less than super satisfying way? Or is it uh, a diffusion of importance because there are so many plots going on at the same time? I, I think those are all kind of going at the same time, but I, I feel like the the I feel like the the strongest one is probably the the question of what makes a person uh, is it is it the is it their body is it their memories is it their actions that kind of stuff that seems to be the overriding because I mean that's the 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 key in that scene with Tapal is when he says I don't know if these feelings are trips or if they're mine yeah when the answer is yes right you know what i mean yeah um, would you so outside of that scene would you say that the episode focuses on the point that this is trip do you think that the episodes the i don't know if the episode sells this hard enough that this is mm. basically trip because what I think that they did in the construction of it was they put they had to put this time limit on things where he's going to die no matter what. Right. And 
I think it deflates the point of is this trip substantially because you know that this version of him is not going to be around for very long. And because he's not going to be around for very long, it becomes, as you say, just convincing him to have the surgery done to save right. trip. And if he wasn't going to die, I think the argument he's making, which is like, well, how am I any different than trip is much more of an interesting one that Archer would have to question about too, because right. Yeah. I just, I don't know if they, I think that's really fascinating and I don't know if they get into it. Like I, I, I would say that my, what I want the primary stories to be is Archer makes the decision that they have to clone trip and then harvest the organs. So I would get rid of this fact of them not thinking them thinking that they could do it harmlessly to the clone and like everyone mm-hmm. can live happily ever after. I would have flocks just set it up. We can do this and you're going to kill this guy to create, yeah. to bring back original trip. It's funny. I actually didn't realize that that wasn't the case until like f- deeper into the episode until like they called it out. Uh, I just assumed that it was like, yeah, that we're they were going to kill him. You mean, yeah, like they thing's going to kill him. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I that's, and that's the, I think it takes a little bit of a, I, I just think it, I don't know if it misses the point because I'm not really sure what the central point is. I think there's so many plot lines going on or angles of attack on this idea of what would happen if Trip was cloned and turned into the Sim character. I I think that Archer gets off a little bit easy from his decision where sure. he's just like, yeah, I, yeah. I ordered Flux to, to do that. And to Paul's like, you, you did? That seems kind of quick that you made that decision. He goes, yeah, that's fine. All the way to Archer going, I will kill you if you, <laughs> you try to prevent this from happening. I like that's my favorite aspect uh, and angle of it. And I don't know if the episode services Sim as a person enough, unfortunately. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it I think I me. think the I think the what is is what constitutes a person is is the, the forward the forward idea theme, I think. Because yep. you've got T'Pol is kind of dealing with that because she's sort of pushing him away at the beginning. Everybody's kind of pushing him away at the beginning and and archer's getting up in his face telling him he's going to kill him or whatever um but they can't bond with him there's no upside right, bonding with right. him really yeah and then the whole point of the ending is that they're celebrating him as as a member of the crew yeah as he was just as much a member of this crew as anybody else was um so yeah i think it's it's probably that's probably the heavy heavy theme that they're dealing with and interestingly no interaction with real trip in the ending outside of the camera looks at him yeah. and he's watching yeah. but there's no I, I was i was convinced you have to end this with a to paul and trip scene you know or like yeah. I, yeah. I feel that they're the most appropriate ones to, to talk to each other um and i do like that what makes a person i would i i think this to, to become an all-time great episode i think that this episode has to cut back a few of the layers that it's got going onto it and really focus mm-hmm. on whether or not trip whether or not sim is trip and whether or not trying to convince him to like the decision that archer has to make about to make him go through this procedure if there's an off chance that there's this enzyme that will allow sim to live on and continue I think that it's undersold like and I'm a little bit all over the place, but the, the drive to me, that feels like a pit stop weird conflict point where Flox is like, there's not a lot of evidence. Don't even bring that up. I, you know, the, the conflict would actually be, it is possible to keep you alive, but you're not trip. 
You know what I mean? Mm. There's that kind of a thing. I don't know. I feel that there's a lot of just ground that they could have dug up in those situations. And instead, they kind of play as um, just spaces in the plot where the con- the minor conflict appears and then the characters kind of split off of it and it never feels like it's really all that important. Yeah, I think the stacking of, of problems on on the uh, the cloning aspect do, while I, again, like while I like the twist that there is a thing that can save him, I think the problem is that it's not born out of any action or anything. It's all just information that was not given. How did Trip find know? that out? Or Sim? How did, did he Google that? How did he find out? The, he's like, have you ever heard of the circle of the velvet rabbits? And they're like, oh, yeah. said, never mind. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's all that stuff is is just very like it's not it's not born of any action from the story. It's not a complication because it's not a story born complication. It's a it's a writer born complication. Yeah, um, that's just someone. It's like it's like the the Simpsons Halloween episode where they think they're going to be eaten by the uh, the space aliens because um, Lisa finds the book that says like to serve man or whatever right. and then she, then he goes wait a minute and he blows the dust off and it's like how to serve man a great dinner yeah and then she blows it out. like it's it's that kind of thing where it's like it's an artificial uh extending of the problem or stacking of the problem that yeah. doesn't feel quite as like I would be I would be fine if the only thing that they did was oh yeah oof, Archer I didn't tell you there is a way to keep the clone alive. I figured if I told you, you wouldn't want to do it yeah. because of blah. So then puts it on. Then that then it's born out of flocks making a decision, and that impacting how everybody else reacts to stuff. So it's like that's you can get some stuff out of that, which it's more satisfying than just if it's like, oh wait, I, hold on, this page was folded over too far. I couldn't right. read the bottom of the paragraph. You know. Yeah, yeah I I. I would like to get down to that core of it, how it's, you know, I don't even think the episode has time because it has to move so quickly to really focus on, to Paul questions Archer's motives post-decision. There, there's no, I, I'm, I'm a little bit confused and a little bit dismayed that this series doesn't do um, senior officer staff meetings ever. Archer's mm. very... Uh, unilateral in what he decides to do. He just yeah. decides and everyone else has to go with it. It just felt like this is an episode that's prime for a Archer summons all the senior officers who all have a different perspective on whether or not this is the right thing to do and then Archer does it. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, it's just Enterprise is not really a series that takes the time to do that dissection. They rely on the action and the emotion of the incidents instead. And I think it works in this episode, uh, and it usually doesn't, but it still, it still feels rushed in that they don't, the show doesn't really want to get into what the the main problem of these characters is. Before we go to um, final thoughts, the other super novel thing, I don't think I've ever seen a shuttlecraft tries to tow a starship sequence in Star Trek, which is amazing considering that that seems kind of obvious that you would do it. Uh, I like that set piece. That was kind of fun. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, aside from the, you know, silly magnet rust stuff, <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, I thought that was fun. Yeah, I like how Chapal yeah, carried like that. that giant magnet in, and she put it on the table and pulled a cup, but it doesn't pull her like towards the ceiling or anything. Right. You know, when she's, yeah. when she's walking around. Yeah. Um, the only other minor thing that made me laugh was in this galactic scale where we talk about like space distances and speed of light and warp nine, which is infinite speed or whatever. Uh, 
at the end when the shuttle is towing them, they're going like six miles an hour. And Paul's like, we'll be out of here in five hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, could, they could probably just take the shuttle and get everyone out of the out of the thing first for how quick, mm-hmm. like how close to the edge of that dust cloud they were. I just thought it was yeah. in, this, in this galactic distance thing. It was a very short distance that they had to travel to get out of there. Yeah. And just to circle back to your uh, uh, senior officer meeting thing. I, uh, we had a, on our uh, stream we did about Mortal Kombat and uh, Kong. Godzilla versus Kong. I forget which, I forget who brought it up, but they they mentioned characters with uh, clear point of views, points of view, and I th- um, and I think this is an episode that would really benefit of that. So benefit from that. So if you have that scene with the officers getting together, and then Archer presents this idea, you get to see what T'Pol's starting point is, what Archer's starting point is, what Flock's or you know, yeah, Reed's Flocks starting be, yeah. point is. So when he, when he does it, you know you know where every character stands in regards to this, and then that can inform the interactions they have. You know? yeah. So like you could, in that situation, you could feed the, have T'Pol be reticent for some reasons that might imply, well, I don't know, she probably wouldn't. You know, be like, well, I don't think we should do this because I would like to hug him. <laughs> I, I think T'Pol's logical, rational for why this is not shouldn't be done makes sense for her. I think you can sure. start her yeah. in the we shouldn't do this because this is not an ethical thing to do. Can spiral into a more we shouldn't have done this because it was a personal bad thing to do. Yeah. I, I find that to be a believable jump between them. For I didn't mean yeah, to interrupt, I think, but I think you yeah, could. No, but I think I think with T'Pol, you could extend that to be like her point of view is, I don't think we should do this because it's unethical. And also, this would not be Trip. You're right. making a recreation of him. You're not. You're, you're making a facsimile. And so when they start that, which feeds into why she's distant, distant from him. And then eventually, when they have that scene, she kind of realizes, well, I was wrong. I mean, yeah, this is kind of this is yeah, Trip. Right. What, yeah. what does it? Yeah. What does? What to, to to take a quote from President Clinton? What does is really mean? <laughs> Different no, I, context here. I agree, and I think that I think that's the stuff that the episode is kind of missing. I think it's missing those personal moments. It has some mm-hmm. on a technical level. They spend about seven minutes with Trip growing up, and on my rewatch, it really stuck out as this is not developing anything. Like, the, right, the time that you're right. spending with the kid learning how to read into young Trip asking to pull out, which is kind of okay, but still strange, into another version of older Trip. There's like three sequences of Trip where he's growing up. They do it to not just jump from baby to adult Trip, but it's a complete waste of time in terms of what the story is trying to do. It's unfortunate that they had to go through it. Yeah, I would have split this into two episodes, and I would have ended the first one with um, Flocks telling Archer that there is a way to prevent him from dying. Yeah. And so then you've got plenty of time to parse that stuff out. And if Archer's the, at that point, if Archer's the only one who knows, you know, that leads into the next right. one. It's like, well, Archer now has to make a decision. And then he's, then. At some point, he's like, okay, well, I can't keep this to myself. I have to tell him. So then he tells him, and then he blows up about it, and he's like, no, I don't want to fucking die. You know, that kind of, you know, so yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I think there's there's so much stuff they could deal with that I do, I, 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 I found this episode to be about as satisfying as I can expect from Enterprise, mm-hmm. let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, 
I think you could do more with it, but as far as Enterprise goes as a show, this is, you know, I, I didn't leave unsatisfied. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's wrap it up there then. So we'll take a break, play a clip from the episode. We'll come back, read some patron thoughts, and give our final thoughts about similitude. If you truly have all of Trip's memories, you know the answer to that. I don't have to tell you what's at stake. I must complete this mission. And to do that, I need Trip. Trip. I'll take whatever steps necessary to save him. Even if it means killing me. Even if it means killing you. Thank you very much for listening today to our coverage of Similitude. We are in the midst of uh, Enterprise's third season. If you want to support the show as we move at six miles an hour for the next five miles uh, out of here. You can support us on patreon.com slash the Penske file. It's the best way to do it. We're very close to our Voyager goal. If we get to $900 uh, per month, we will cover Voyager in full. It took a hit this month, as it always does. People drop off at the first ah. of the month, but we're like oh, $20 no. away, don't. so we're super close. Terrifyingly no, close. Stop. <laughs> the, the the Patreon money is flying like those iron meteorites at the ship that is the podcast and just sticking I, to it. I feel like I feel like this us us dancing near this uh this goal is like, you know, when you're driving when you're a kid and you're driving with your parents and you see the 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 off ramp for like ice cream and mm-hmm. you're like, let's go. It's right there. And your dad's like, What? I don't see Oh, I just missed it. I'm sorry. I just wait I can't. I can't turn around. I just missed the off. I would have got I would have taken you, but I can't now. There's this um what it reminds me of is is this famous in the second Buffalo Bills Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl when the Bills went to four in a row and they lost four in a row. Uh, the yeah. second one against the Cowboys, they got blown out. It was like fifty two to yeah. twelve or something. But very late in the game, one of the Cowboys defensive players picked up a fumble from Buffalo and brought it like 80 yards down to about to score. And they were up huge. So he's the the guy started um, hot shotting it with like 10 oh, yards to go, boy. sort of like high stepping and like slowed down. And mm-hmm. Don Beebe on Buffalo ran the entire distance this very late in the game, never gave up and slapped the ball out of his hand at the one yard line. So he didn't score mm-hmm. with it. Um, I feel like that's the Patreon thing. The more that we start high-stepping as we get closer to it, someone's just going to slap the ball out of our hands. So Mm -hmm. maybe that's the last time I bring it up. We're very far from our patron goal. (laughs) Thank you, patrons. Special thank you to our Captain Tier supporters on Patreon. Tarek Latif, Joint Mango, Kyle Barrett, Sam McCuster, Mike Burnett, Andrew Sherlock, Michael Pond, Matt Ross, Matt Cutler, Christian Pouch, Cardinal Doomsday, Nick Sergi, Sean, Bradley Killens, Grim Santo, Dwayne Hackett, Kevin Reyes, Jordan Cooper, Darth Mosk, Vault 13 Hero, Russell Elwich, Stephen Minton, uh, HH28, Derek Zajac, Paul Roscoe, Going next to G, Jacob123, Johnny Franceschi, Mike Harris, Captain Brazen, Eric Antoine, Nick the Rat, Jakey's Gamer, Kevin Larry, Corey Martin, Garoppolo John Zorn, William Scheisler, Rahan Jaffer, Zane Majors, Dave Davies, Retail, Soylent Blue, Patrick Siva, Worf Steinbrun, Dix, Tom Hickey, Matthew Houston, Captain McMunchausen, James McLennan, Jose Hunters, EWNF Remixes, Will Clay, <gasps> page two, Mark C, Bella, I, I still can't pronounce these, I think it's Bella, Jonas, Loki, and Olivier Pardieu. Thank you very much for supporting the show, guys. I can't believe it's May. I know. More patron topics. The first one is uh, Clockwork Orange is what we're covering this month for our sci-fi movies. Number 20 on the greatest sci-fi movies of all time, according to Rotten Tomatoes. And Star Trek episode revisit to be determined. It's too bad it it couldn't have been Tenet because I watched that last night. I know we're going to do it eventually. We can do it as a... uh, 
stream or something. One of these is upcoming. I'll sure. watch it at some point. Yeah. We can just do a lighthearted review. Thank you, patrons, very much. Let's get to our patron thoughts. You can leave your thoughts on upcoming episodes if you're a patron at the $5 level. We'll read them. Oops, sorry. Let me go back here. We'll read them and what is this? There we go. Matt Ross says, similitude, another nun's indie arc that could have been a season two story. I guess the cloning thing is whatever. Other shows have done it better. Oh, and there are magnetic rocks. Well, at least we get sexy time massages. Two clones out of five. Wow. Jakey's Gamer says, similitude, once you look past the questionable mechanics of someone growing from a newborn to adult in a matter of days, something you think would be likely to be more horrific than you see happening in this episode, I think the concept is great and the story is emotionally effective. Billingsley gives his best one of his best performances as Flocks, and the guest actors are convincing younger versions of Trip. You see the end coming from a mile away, but it doesn't make the journey any less effective. Four, and she was my sister twos out of five. Yeah, I think it's one where the the ending isn't really not the, not the, the important part. Yeah. yeah, as soon as he's cloned, this, you know what the ending, you know what the right. cold open meant. Yeah. Although, I mean, if they had balls, they would have been like, "Well, Trip's dead. We may as well just stick with this guy." And then be like, "Hmm, that's interesting." <laughs> it was. It's the version of the Riker story where they were th- thinking about getting rid of Will and just having Tom be on the ship. It's like this is this is Sim. I think I think it would be interesting. It would be an interesting change because you're not changing anything, but you're technically changing everything. Someone on the internet made a good point. They shouldn't have called him Sim. They should have called him Quad after Trip. And quad. <laughs> I was thinking that too. Yeah, I, that's what I thought he was going to say was Quad. Yeah. <clears throat> and also, Star Trek insults everyone named Dennis, where Flock says, maybe we'll call him Dennis, and everyone's like, what the, the fuck are you talking about? Nick Tourette says, Similitude, who else thought it was going to be Mayweather in the casket? I wonder if Sim has Tripp's memories from when he's older. The convo between Sim and Archer was actually pretty chilling. You think Archer would have thrown him in the brig after. I think T'Pol should have given him one last fling. Did either of you cry during this? I give it four out of five tears. Didn't cry. I found it. No. I didn't bring it. I found this episode to be slightly melodramatic in a way that uh, negated the emotion of it. There's a lot of swelling music in this one. I barely ever mm-hmm. noticed music, and it, it noticed it enough to be uh, uh, annoying to me. Um, yeah, they're belaboring the point a bit. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, you know, I, I, maybe the lines weren't great, but I actually did like that scene where he thanked Flox for being a good dad. Mm-hmm. Like I think, but I think that's a scene that works if it has more time to breathe. You know, if you get yes. more time where they spend time together. I just think Flox was so up. Flox was so tertiary to that. Really, like right, he did spend right. a lot of time with him, and I can understand it, but it's, it wasn't really the focus of anything. It mm-hmm. felt a little bit of a distraction at the last minute to me. Really, um, I don't have a problem with it, but yeah, I, I just didn't like Flox going. You are a hell of a son. <laughs> hell of a son. I'm about to when cut your brain open. When he said, "When he said, uh, um, you were a great dad. I wish you had been like. Well, I wish you had been a lawyer." <laughs> Did you fix the engines before this is over? <laughs> Royo says, Archer and Flux decide to play God again and commit another severe breach of medical ethics by cultivating a sentient clone so it can be harvested for its organs. Unlike in Dear Doctor, where Archer and Flux intentionally withhold a medical cure with the intent to cause extinction so that a master race with the right genetics can inherit the planet, in Similitude, the writers finally realize Archer is not infallible and has committed a no-no. Archer is at long last confronted with the consequences of playing God, and the episode actually plays out like classic Star Trek morality tale. And only unlike Dear Doctor, Archer conveniently refuses to let nature take its course this time. My only real criticism is that setting out to murder people for their organs puts Archer on a level of the Vidians, the gruesome proto-Borg villains of early Voyager. There should have been more long-lasting consequences for him stepping so far over the line. Also, given the stupid shit trip pulls at the start of the episode, you have to wonder whom he has to give topless massages to be... 
who he had to give topless massages to in order to be promoted to captain of the Enterprise in Twilight. Four out of five. Um, you know, I know they probably, well, maybe they will do this, but I have a feeling they won't. Um, I feel like the, we're getting close to being primed for a Q type character to take Archer aside and be like, do you realize the shit that you've done? Mm hmm. You know, and just like go down the list of the crazy, like unethical, questionable shit that he's done. Yeah. And have him like not stand trial for it, but just de- def- defend his actions kind of thing. But I assume has, it, has this that, been but. has has it been effective for you? Archer's we kind of talked about, but like has Archer's Archer's motivation for doing the stuff that he's doing, including in this episode, been well done or well conceived no i like i on paper sure yeah but i don't think that they've effectively shown him changing in in any real um natural way into this guy who needs to do what he's got to do to get it done yeah um so that's why like you're saying it's they kind of it kind of Swings back and forth, episode to episode, how they play it. Yeah, yeah, I think it ties into our um, where the the thing of nine eleven was so visceral, and to live through it, you understand innately what the decision process is there that leads to questionable moral actions on the level of the state. And here, Florida and Tripp's sister that we never met is pulling a lot of weight to try to convince <laughs> yes, you yeah. that this is what happened and um because of that lack the expanse has to be so difficult for them the expanse Mm -hmm. has to be Mm -hmm. like this horrible place where their original values are just not working for it and over that the course of time archer becomes desperate to it i didn't i don't like the pacing basically if this is archer's just pissed off and he's going to take it out on whoever gets in his way um because of, because of the lack of actual emotional connection you have with florida and trip's sister and in the way they have with 9-11 you need to justify why his desperation is building this way and i don't, I don't think the show's done that effectively yeah i mean the lack of emotional connection literally anybody has with florida if what, we're being honest yeah, yeah. Except for um, Sam, who clearly loves his sister. Yeah, no, I mean like in the in the world at large. Oh, sure. Uh, not not a lot of love for Florida. Uh, <laughs> it's beautiful. It's a beautiful place. Um, it's got warm yeah, water. You know, yeah, and there's little gecko lizards everywhere. It's charming. Yep. Yep. Um, I think it's too bad that they they this isn't a show that had those uh, officer meetings because I think one thing they could have done that might have been striking and and done a lot of work for them as if they had part of season three is that Archer no longer does them. Yeah. And so he becomes the, the, the buck stops with him, what he says goes and and how that affects the crew and all that kind of stuff. Do you think it's intentional that they don't do them? Do you think that it's supposed to show a proto Starfleet where it's just unilateral Archer decides what people do? Maybe. More of a military type setup, like instead of a, I don't know if the I have no idea if the military. I assume military actually has those kinds of upper upper staff meetings where they discuss things. But uh, here, I don't know if they're trying to get away from that. I 
I think this show just needs it. It's like the captain's log. It just th- those yeah. scenes do so much work for establishing what the points of view are about a topic that to not have them leaves you really suffering. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's on purpose or not. Um, to for the, I think that's part of the problem with the show in general is like the the status of Starfleet is kind of wishy washy. Yeah, where it's like they want it to be a Starfleet thing, but also it's like, well, but it's not really Starfleet quite yet, and those things don't always reconcile. Yeah. Cerulio says, Sim is the greatest Starfleet officer who's ever lived because when the ship was adrift, he remembered that shuttle pods exist. I think this episode would have been better if Flox had discovered how to stop Sim from aging, but it would only be a 50-50 chance. Archer, not being Janeway, and Flox, being a doctor, would balk at killing Sim since they could no longer use Sim's short lifespan to justify the procedure. Instead, Sim would have to convince him that he should be sacrificed since there would have been a better chance of saving Tripp's life. Since Sim is the perfect copy of Trip, it would show the lengths that Trip would be willing to go to save humanity without us having to lose Trip in the process. Three out of five. It's interesting. They should have killed. They should have killed Trip. Just, <laughs> yeah, they should have killed. They should have. They should have had that scene where like, oh, we can't. Oh, we can't do the thing. Whatever reason we can't do it, we're starting to lose him, and he comes out of his coma, and he like does the Saving Private Ryan thing where he grabs Sim's hand. And he's like earn this <laughs> and he dies and well, sim becomes trip lots of, the, the soul just goes into him and just passes him a lot of librarian similitude serious design flaw the shuttle pods don't have bathrooms archer is the tiny uh, sliver of ethical archer is a tiny i think it's sliver tiny sliver of ethical gray area away from being a murderer when he says don't make me one Sim was looking for a way out and only agreed to the surgery because he had bad choices. That doesn't let Archer off the hook. If they were trying to make a point about medical ethics and cloning, it wasn't clear. Four out of five. I don't even know if that was the point, though. I don't think it was like a be careful with... I don't know if it was a medical ethics thing. I think it was more of a conceptual what is existence kind of thing. Right. Well, I I, I think it kind of goes hand in hand. It's the the cloning issue... Which leads you to this quagmire of having this person now, and what are you supposed mm. to do with them? I think it's more, it's maybe, yeah, I wouldn't maybe define it as medical ethics as much as the philosophical idea of what makes a person an individual, really. Like, it's like, you know, you cloned this guy and he has all the same memories. So is he a different person or is he the, like, can you, are you righteous in taking his body parts and fixing mm-hmm. the original version of that person? Do you think they've ever done it? Because, like, I, 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 like, for the past, nobody talks about it anymore. But I remember as a kid, it was like a big deal because they cloned that sheep and everything. Yeah, dolly. And it was like, up oh, the the ethics of cloning. We can't get into this, and then it just kind of all went away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's people. There's the Chinese. The Chinese are cloning human fetuses. They, those, they yeah. must have like clones walking around. Because, like, how do you? <laughs> How do you have that and not do it? You know Didn't, what I mean? Like most of medical advancements over the years have come from unethical people doing unethical we, things. Haven't we cloned human <clears throat> embryos at this point? Why? I'm talking like like a full person walking around. Like we've got we've got one going here. What was that? The, that Chinese doctor did something. Chinese clone, like clone baby. Is this what it is? No, he genetically edited babies. That's what happened. Oh, Gattaca. Okay, so they were the world's first genetically altered babies. That's what I'm thinking of. So maybe I'm, I'm confused with myself, but maybe there's a clone somewhere out there. There's got to be. There's got to be somewhere. Did you tell me a Russian scientist or something had doesn't have 
three or four kids of his a, uh, <laughs> that all look exactly like him. I don't keep talking about it, but that that you watch Sisters with Amanda for Rotten Horror. Yeah. But the, the true story of that is worse than anything that happened in that movie. It's just like yeah. Soviets stole a conjoined twin from their mother, said that they died, and then took it and basically tortured it for 50 years or whatever. It's like, yeah, what fuck. That's what I'm talking about. Eric it, McGowan. It, a kind of bold story idea to drop in the season. I'm not sure it works all the ways that it's supposed to. I wonder, do you think replacing Trip like this temporarily would have been as or more effective if it was stretched over a couple episodes as a recurring plot, or would that just not work on this show? Yes. I, yeah, I would have I would have stretched it out, at least to give time to these two plots, at least a two-episode uh, length of time to have this done, yeah. I think. And also, also, it beefs up the possibility that maybe Trip doesn't make it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ewan Tibbetts says, Similitude, a neat little episode about how memories help mold our identities. Kind of a tearjerker as well. Four out of five. Point X to G says, I remember a story I read in elementary school. It was about a kid who raised a calf to enter into the big show. This is such a Texas story. <laughs> He's from Texas. <laughs> a kid who raised a calf to enter into the big show. We have the E. What is it called? The big E out here? Uh, he spent time oh, raising it, that. gave it a name when he got really attached to his calf. And it's a really fine animal. He easily wins the show when he enters it. But he learns the price of getting attached to an animal like that when it's sold at the auction block to be butchered. Archer and Flocks go down the same road here, but the ethical questions that they create are even more substantial than the emotions that they feel. It's true. Kyle Barrett says... That's why, that's why I never eat anything that has a face on it. Yeah. Just turn the face around. Eat it from the other side. Cal Barrett says, similitude, future so runner. Now you speak in my language, Wes. <laughs> Don't just stare at it, Clay. Eat it. <laughs> future showrunner Manny Cotto's first foray into Star Trek delivers an emotional punch not too dissimilar to last season's cogenitor. What makes it so strong is that the ethics are always debated from a point of character rather than simply what the plot demands, with each perspective feeling natural. I like that the background of the Zindiar continues to put pressure on Archer to make tough decisions, and the episode is an acting showcase for those involved, even Bacula does some of his best work. The episode is trying to do an awful lot in 42 minutes and would have benefited from an extended runtime. I wonder if Trip is a Vincent or a Jules when it comes to foot massages and whether it's in the same league as sticking your tongue in the holiest of holies. A third consecutive five out of five. <laughs> Eat a bitch out, give him a bitch a foot massage. Ain't the same goddamn thing. Ain't the same goddamn ballpark. Um, I don't disagree with with any uh, cogenitor. That's what I was talking about. You like this better than cogenitor, I guess. Yeah, I like that one. Do you I like not? the gender? Yeah. It's yeah. the uh, the yeah. gender one where the person kills himself at the end. Yeah, I I think this one's. I mean, I think this one's less messy. Yeah. Um, I just I find this one much more interesting of a concept. Yeah, really. Nothing yeah. against cogenitor. I think it's a good episode, but I thought that this one was like. <laughs> Cogenitor felt like it. I'd seen it before. If it, even if mm -hmm. I hadn't, this one felt kind of fresh in some way. I have yeah, time. I think they, I think they both suffer from Archer, not really reconciled. Well, I mean, cogenitor, <laughs> cogenitor does a bit because they get that scene at the end where he kind of takes his own feelings out on yep. on trip. On trip but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I think I probably do like this one better than cogenitor. Um, you know why? You know it's funny because I was thinking like, man, I'm surprised that they didn't have some character that we never met be the clone here so instead of a clone it's like well my species if you in inject your dna into my into my jugular vein i can grow what you need except that when you take it i'll die you know that kind of yeah. something where it's like it's not someone on the crew it's like oh we've 
we've grown really attached to this talking pillow. It's a shame right. we have to kill it. Um, I like, and that's kind of what cogenitor is, where it's like it's 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 an it's an external entity. So there's only so much attachment you can get. Yeah. This one, since they keep it in house, it's more interesting because of what it means for the interactions and the decisions that are being made and stuff. Blah 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 yeah. blah. Two comments left. Tom Hickey says, early in the episode, Flox reveals a magical larva that they can use to make a sacrificial freak of nature. And Archer asks the important questions like, it becomes a clone. You want to do this with Trip? With the ending already revealed, it was easy to see how this plays out. I don't feel sympathy for anyone involved except for Sim. What a horrifying existence the crew created for him. I wonder, if Sim catches up to Trip's age, would Sim remember the accident and Trip's final thoughts? That could have been providing con- interesting context to Sim's sacrifice, reliving a moment... Reliving the moment a life was cut too short. Two out of five. I was thinking, I was thinking, you say two? You gave it a two. Oof. Uh, I was thinking that too. Like if they, if he, let's say they both continue to coexist. Does, do they now like Tom Riker have separate memories or do they continue to share memories? Is it a singularity? They just like become a singularity of memory or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It would, it would have been a nice moment to, to have something like it also would have done a good job of tying it into it it clearly defines that trip is doing the straight like trip is sim you know if there's a moment where they combine and they have the same uh despite their separate paths to get there they have the same thought at the same moment you go oh i guess it is trip and that's it mm. uh Oh, we almost missed one. Uh, there's a there's a typo in this t- title, but it's right above it, so I'll read it. There's two left here. Mary Pat F. says, Another episode starting at the end and catching the viewers up. More Vulcan pressure techniques that I don't know why I need to get more involved if the previous ones work. I guess for the various positions they can be put into. Is there not a second engineer to back up trip in case an issue of this on this a case of an issue on this very important mission? Was this all to show to Paul's feelings for trip, despite trying to show that with Archer in Twilight? Three out of five. I'm glad I'm not the only person confused about whether or not who T'Pol wants to be with. Yeah, I. Uh, you don't. Twilight, you don't care. That, that episode sucks. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Twilight was voted. I, I didn't t- say another thing. Twilight was voted in some poll. It was the best episode of Enterprise by the fan community. Those, those people are fucking high. This is this is a strange. Choice. Yeah, it's it's. It's 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 a it's a layup episode where it's like if you don't think about it, it's like oh my god, look at all the stuff that we see in the future, and it's so sad because he can't remember shit. It's like well, if you think about it for two minutes, it's a stupid episode. <laughs> I would, I, it's just, yeah. and I, I think I think the I think in this case it steps on the trip into Paul thing. They they were too well close. again. I think all none of that matters because in the, in Twilight. You get back to the you reverse time and nobody remembers anything that happened. Correct. So it doesn't impact anybody. Yeah. And like, you know, if 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 I if I was casual acquaintances with somebody and then I ended up living with them for twelve years and taking care of them while they were going crazy or whatever, I would probably develop some feelings too. So I I don't yeah. I don't think it's a mutually exclusive thing there. I don't either, but I think in a better constructed show that would be a point of content, a point of awareness on the show's part there because mm-hmm. what it comes across as is the writers just will pair to Paul up with anybody who's in the way of her you know like there's well a- that's honestly that's par for the course with the show yeah. unfortunately yeah. like this season is the only time that they've paired her off specifically with trip and even there they this is the first time they've really started to pull the trigger on that but like you know you get the stuff where he, 
archers falling into her boobs and stuff. Yep. And because I, I early on I said, are they angling these two together? Because it seems like they are trying to go that way, but they never really committed to it. Yep. And so you know, wishy washy uh, stuff. Ind- indecisive. Gruppler. But hey, man, that's life, baby. Grappler John Zorn with final comment says, yeah, yeah, ethics, whatever. Just listen to my pitch here. Most of the episode is exactly the same, except it's clear that Sim is not in any way willing to sacrifice himself. Last scene, after T'Pol shows up in Sim quarters, we cut to sickbay where Archer and Flocks are waiting. The door opens and Sim stumbles in just a little bit bow-legged, lays down on the bio bed without a word, and smiles as Flocks delivers his injection. Four going away presents out of five. I was a little bit curious. Did they just make out? I think so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Unclear. How often were she and Archer having sex in Twilight? It's 12 years. You tell me this. I don't whole... know. I mean, he had a brain thing. <laughs> it's, not like he was, it's not like he was about to go sacrifice himself for the good of the ship. I mean. Archer and Twilight's just keeping up the memory loss thing, even though he doesn't suffer from it anymore. He's like, I don't remember having sex. When did that happen? That didn't happen yesterday. I don't remember any of that. That's it. Thank you, patrons, for your comments about similitude. Clay, what are you going to give this one on a scale of one to five? I'm going to give it a five. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. This one hits all the buttons for me. I, like I said, I think this is, for this show, from what I've seen two and a half seasons in, I, I, this is one of the best ideas, executions, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, it, it's missing it's missing the intense ethical did we make the right decision aspect as of some of the other ones like dear doctor and cogenitor and stuff but they don't all not every that's not a prerequisite for being a 5 is you have to be possibly caused the death of uh <laughs> well i mean i guess they do that in this one too but it's it's not quite as dark as they usually are with it yeah i'm going to give it a 4 um I just don't think Enterprise has ever had a five yet, in my opinion. Um, but mm-hmm. it's a good four. I, I would say that I would agree with everything you said after. I think that this is the best episode of Enterprise that I've seen, at least conceptually, uh, to this point. It's probably a better executed one, but this one was um, caught me a little bit off guard. I wasn't prepared for it. I was surprised. I was like, mm, the show doesn't yeah, usually do things like this. This is unusual. Uh, so I'm going to give it a four. And be happy with it. And it's one of the best ones of the season. One of the best ones of the series so far. Thank you, patrons. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Similitude, that's it. We both gave it, or I gave it four. Clay gives it five. We're continuing on with Carpenter Street is the next one, I think, which is a great album that the crew puts together after they return from the Zindi mission. Um, we'll listen to the album to full and then talk about all the liner notes. That's I was going to say, is, is this another one where they go back to like... 1962 Pennsylvania or something. They go to 2004 Detroit, <clears throat> if I'm remembering correctly. Oh, really? Oh, yes. oh, so it is a time travel. Let's that is back. a time okay. travel episode. Sure. Yep. Thanks very much. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening. We're now calling episodes before they happen. I can't wait to see what crazy clothes they end up wearing. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, Clay, do you have anything you want to say before we go? Uh, I don't know what exactly week we're in, but Rotten Horror, we just did brian de palma's sisters so we're up to the next one yeah the next one will be out whatever that is okay so that's ken russell's the devils oh which is uh a a great a great watch i recommend it it's not for the faint of heart but it's a great movie uh and this month we'll be doing friday the 13th despite what the last episode claimed 
part four was not the final chapter. We will be doing Friday the 13th, part five, a new beginning this Good. month on Patreon. That's excellent. And then, um, as I said, it's a Star Trek revisit on Patreon. We all have to decide the episode. We don't know it yet. And then it is Clockwork Orange. A Clockwork Orange is the other movie that we'll be covering. Cool. Thanks very much, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. It's another long episode. These Enterprise episodes, we've got to do better at trimming this, trimming this down or something's going on here. Yeah, The episodes themselves have no problem. Um, that's it. Thanks very much for listening. We'll see you later.